If you could work from home, would you just sit at home petting your cat? If you're a landlord and your last tenant had kids and they wrecked the place, are you racist when you don't want to rent to someone with kids? Coming up today on the Anti-Woke Podcast. Listening to a podcast called Capital Isn't, like capitalism, but isn't. And the episode had woke in the title. I guess that's why I did it. And the general idea is that companies, you know, are pretending to be woke, but they're not really woke. I mean, they don't really care about other people. They just, they want to appear woke because it is convenient for them. I guess one example they give is after the financial crisis, you know, the Obama administration, which is generally considered a good administration, um, when it was uh, sanctioning the banks, you know, uh, punishing the banks for the misdeeds that they did, what they did was like, you got to pay all this money, and then we're going to give you the money back if you give that money to some woke charities, the charities of our choice. I mean, I don't know anything about it, really. I, I bet they're right, though. But interesting fact, country clubs. Like, you know, I'm, I'm about 50 years old. I can never remember anymore, but I'm about 50. And so I love a movie called Caddyshack, and I bet my listeners do also. And if you're one of my young listeners, go watch that movie. It is freaking awesome. It's about a golf country club. But basically, like, in the 70s and the 80s, country clubs were kind of still a thing. It was, you know, in the public consciousness. Kind of like tennis. Like, no one talks about tennis anymore. But they were building tennis courts all over the freaking place, like in the 70s. You can go to a lot of parks and still find that old tennis court that they built back in the day. But so, country clubs. That was just, you know, that was a... Whatever, it was a thing that was in the American mind. It was in the zeitgeist. And I just learned why. Remember, money talks and bullshit walks. So, why were country clubs so important is that back in the day, I mean, not in the 70s or 80s, I don't know when they changed the tax laws, but if you go back far enough, um, but the, the, the tax rate for the richest people was 90%. Basically, they took all your money. So, I mean, does that mean that, you know, the CEO of Ford, you know, he made barely any more money than, like, a, a person on the assembly line? Well, it kind of meant that he didn't, make a, he didn't make much more, you know, in his take-home pay, because what was the point? It was all going to the government. But see, you know, there's always, where there's a will, there's a way. And so what they would do is, like, okay, all the executives, you know, get to be members at this country club is one thing they would do. You know, they probably give you a company car. You know, they would help when you, you know, when you move from house to house, they'd help you buy your next house. I mean, all that stuff is taxed today, but I think if, I think if you go back, you know, back to when taxes were 90% for rich people, they also didn't really tax you on all the little perks. And so they would just flood you with perks. And one of those perks was country clubs. You know, you go there on Sunday, you get it, there's a, you know, there's a free Sunday brunch with all the champagne you can drink and freaking crab legs and roast beast, all of it. But so now, now they just give CEOs and executives, they just give them cash. And it turns out that they don't spend that money on country clubs. I mean, you know, there's still country clubs around, but no one really cares. Most people just save their cash or whatever. They use their cash for something else for a flight out to Jeffrey Epstein's island or whatever. So they're talking about working from home, how, all right, this is for upper class white collar jobs, obviously, if you're 
a cook at a restaurant, you can't work from home. But because of COVID, a lot of people got to work from home. And then the question is, going forward, are you still going to get to work from home if you want? Like, I have a buddy who does computer stuff, and uh, whatever. I think, I think permanently he gets to do his job, you know, in quotes, from home. He doesn't have to go into the office, and I mean, I think his job is basically, you know, there's stuff that needs to be done with a computer, and if he can get those things done, the company doesn't really care where he does it from. And, you know, and maybe... You know, if he's if he's just typing away like a madman, or if he's just sitting there petting his cat, it doesn't matter as long as the thing that the company needs done gets done. But, you know, that's he's a smart cookie. That's not going to apply to everyone. But just some other observations. They talk about, like, some woman who the company told her she could work from home, and so she's like, sweet, and... I don't know, she's like, I don't know, she's probably some sort of investment banker, something, something super high up. But anyways, like you get assignments and the, you have, basically, if you're not in the office, you're not getting the good assignment. So even though they said you could work from home, you got pushed out. And another thing is that, you know, bosses, you know, and what's the point of being a boss if you can't control your employees? And so they're kind of comparing it to blue collar work where, you know, you get, two 15-minute breaks. It starts It starts at this time. It ends at that time. There ain't no exceptions. Well, they may, you know, maybe they'll have something on your computer where, I don't know, you got to push a button every so often to, to show that you're still there. And so white-collar jobs, in a way, could, could become more like, you know, whatever, cooking or factory work where you have to have scheduled breaks. Whereas if you're in an office, you know, you just want to stop and chat with your buddy. I mean, that's totally allowed. You know, you might chat with your buddy for 15 minutes and then go take your 15-minute break. So, so, so it may be better to actually work in an office. And so they bring up women, like, so basically this, this podcast has a man and a woman. And boy, I just, I think the man and the woman just totally have their perspective of a man and a woman. But the man is like, yeah, this is, you know, this this being able to work from home thing is going to be is going to be great for women. You know, this is going to be great for equality of the sexes. And the lady's like, uh, you got it all wrong because if you're a woman and you stay home and you have kids, then you're taking care of the kids. You you can't work. You can't work at home if you have kids because the kids are your job. The only way for a woman to like do some high white collar, high paying jobs is to go into the office so she can get away from her damn kids. And that sounds about right to me. I'm going to throw in a clip from this lady because it's pretty good. It's also more gender neutral. I don't agree with that at all. There's a reason why during this work from home period, women have left the workforce at unprecedented levels. And that's it's not because working from home is gender neutral. It's because working from home means that you are in charge of your children 24-7. And it means that you're never going to get anything done because the only way you as a woman it could advance unless you were already pretty senior was by leaving your home to go to the office so that you had to be there. And I think this is going to create a terrible double standard for women where, well, if you're a good mother, wouldn't you choose the work from home option? Because then you can be with your kids. And what that means is that you can never function at the level of your male colleagues because you're with your kids. And So the weeds, uh, they're talking about defund the police, but then they're talking about uh, racism when it comes to trying to rent an apartment or rent a place. And they did a study, and I guess they found that if you have like a, a black name, you were 9% less likely to get called back. And if you had a Hispanic name, you were 4% less likely. They don't mention Asians. But I mean, those numbers sound decently 
correct to me. I know uh, if you're black, you're 12% more likely to get pulled over by a cop. All this is compared to whites, of course. And I don't know about these studies because it's like, like say I'm a landlord. Like, you know, who, who, who do I not want to rent to? Uh, the answer is non-married young men. And, you know, I mean, you're renting an apartment. This, this stuff really matters. You're, I mean, you know, unless you're woke. I mean, I don't know. I think woke, woke apartment owners do the same stuff. But if someone is applying for your apartment and they put down their name and age and it's Jamarcus Jones, age 20, I mean, right there, you got, a, you got an idea. Or maybe they leave out the age. If they just say, my name is Jamarcus Jones, it just increases the chance that it's going to be a young unmarried man. But I don't know about these studies. I mean, you, know, you have to control for all this, all this stuff, but they don't do it because they want to find out that America's racist. And, you know, maybe America is racist. Whatever. Okay, I've said, I've said all that kind of stuff before. Here was the interesting part. The part of the country that didn't want to rent to blacks was the Midwest and the Northeast. And the part of the country that didn't want to rent to Hispanics was the Northeast. So, I mean, the Northeast... I mean, the West is the most woke, but the Northeast is the second most woke. And so, you know, did you notice who I didn't say? The South. So that place that's supposedly racist, whatever, they're not racist. The South is not racist. America's not racist. It's just another example. I mean, they leave that out, right? They, this podcast is like, okay, we're going to take this to, we're going to use this to say the Northeast is racist. Like you thought it wasn't racist, but it is racist. But what they don't do is say, oh, you thought the South was racist, but it ain't racist. I mean, that would have been the much more interesting hot take they could have given. But of course, they don't give it. So they go into it a little bit more. I mean, whatever. Steel man, steel man your opponent, always. So I don't know if this is true, but here's what they're saying. You know, they want to say America's racist. Here's how they say it. And maybe they're right. Is that like in the West... I guess the West is the least likely to discriminate against Hispanics. And so the idea there could be that the West is where there are the most Hispanic landlords. So Hispanic landlords don't discriminate against Hispanics. And the South, maybe the South isn't racist because that's where, you know, black landlords are. So they don't discriminate against black people. So that might be true. But then Jerusalem, that's the fast-talking lady on the weeds. I... I mean, she is so woke, but I kind of love her. I think she's young, too. That's a heck of a name. I don't know, you know, Jerusalem Jones. It ain't Jones. It's probably Goldberg, but Jerusalem something. She's pretty, it's an interesting first name. But she's saying they've also done studies where, you know, if you have kids, if you're, if you're, a, if you're a single mom with kids, landlords discriminate against you. I mean, you know, so that's just another one of those things. Like, you know, if, if your name is Aquanisha Jones... Boom. I mean, the, the likelihood that you are unmarried with kids just shot through the frickin' roof. So, I mean, the stuff is all quite complicated. I don't know if it's complicated, but it's stuff that they never take into account in their studies. Oh, and I meant to say Aquanetta Jones. Um, there was a guy I knew back in my early 20s, and he would say Aquanetta is kind of a made-up black name. But then, I forget who it was, but there's, there's someone who's like, go, you know, they're on the news. There's a, there's a talking head, there's a pundit, whose name is Aquanetta. So, that is a real name. You know, and that's, I believe my buddy came up with it from Aquanet, which is a type of hairspray. 
or whatever. I mean, you probably heard it from someone else. But whoever came up with Aquanetta the first time is because of the Aquanet hairspray. But now that's a real name. And some lady commenting on politics, that's her name. All right, I'm going to throw a little Jerusalem in here. I just want you to listen to how fast she talks. I think she talks faster than me. It's pretty cool. You have like 10 different potential tenants, all of whom can pay like the best likely price that you're able to get. Yeah, you'll raise rents, but then you can also say, I don't want children. I don't want black people. I don't want people who are going to have a lot of um, parties. So I'm going to discriminate against people who are like young as well. All these different kinds of things to make sure you get your quote unquote perfect tenant that's going to uh, align with a lot of beliefs that maybe wouldn't have been salient in a market that had a lot more tenant power. Well, I've heard her talk faster than that. That's still pretty good. But I think, um, like what she says there, she, I mean, she certainly doesn't mean this that way. But, you know, based on what she says, apparently, the kind of tenants you don't want, right? You know, if you want a good tenant, the kind you don't want is you don't want black people, you don't want people with kids, and you don't want young people. And she's super woke. I mean, she's not racist. But how is it that she just knows off the top of her head the kind of tenants that you don't want? And so then, you know... Do you really blame the landlord? Like the landlord, the landlord, if the landlord's not racist, they should be completely unaware of apparently those three groups as being bad tenants. And, you know, that just isn't the real world. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, someone would say to you, hey, you should rent your apartment to people with kids because no one else rents to them. And then, you know, maybe you think, oh, there we go. We've we've created a landlord who's going to go out and rent to kids. But what you've really done is a landlord goes, oh, I get, I get what, I get what you're really saying. Don't ever rent to someone with kids. Gotcha. So it's interesting. She's, she called up some of the landlords, and she's like, these these stupid landlords, they don't even know that it's illegal to discriminate on the basis of, I mean, I'm sure race, but apparently, you know, kids, etc., age. But uh, you know what? I didn't know that. I mean, it kind of makes sense, but apparently that's illegal. But Probably not enforced much. And I guess here's the thing. Uh, let's forget about the racist part of it. Let's, uh, let's go with something less controversial like uh, kidsist. We'll call it kidsist. If you're against people with kids, you're kidsist. Now, if landlords don't want to rent to someone with kids, does that mean they're kidsist? And basically, the thing that the study would have to control for, which they never, ever control for, is you'd have to be like, hey, did you ever have a tenant with kids who is a bad tenant. Or you'd have to know, like, on average, how much worse are, are tenants with kids? You know, like, oh, tenants with kids are, you know, cause 10% more damage to the apartments. And then it's like, oh, landlords don't want to rent to people with kids 10% more. And like, oh, well, that, you know, there you go. It's caused by, you know, it's not because their kids exist. It's because they cause 10% more damage. So anyways, they never control for that stuff because I guess long story short, what's going to happen is all these things are going to go away and be completely explained by bad choices made by the people with kids, let's just say. Or even, you know, maybe it's not even a choice, but it just happens. You know, maybe you have to work, so you have to leave your kids home, then they wreck the place. So maybe that's not a choice, but still... Just statistically, you know that it's going to be a problem. So I guess in that case, you don't blame the parent. It's not their fault. It's the kid's fault. But no one's going to go there. Twitter handle, at Religion of Woke. Thanks for listening. What am I doing right now? Well, I've got a 1988 
Ford truck and the fuel pump has gone out on it and I don't use it like barely ever 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 and apparently used cars prices are through the roof and so I think the, the reason why the fuel pump went out was because I was like you know what if I can get a bunch of money out of this thing I should sell it and then boom it broke can't start it at all so that's what I'm doing today I'm looking at my truck and saying I do not want to crawl under that sucker